In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hands together for yourself everywhere you are. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Look at the face of your neighbor and say to him or her, it is good to see you. Amen. I just want to thank God so much for your life. And it's a joy. Most especially those of you worshiping with us for the first time. Uh, thanks be to Dean's, uh, your family, your dad, your mom, and your grandfather. Praise God. Amen. We love it all. If today is your first time, let me see a hand wave. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now. Amen. Amen. It's a joy to see all of you. Amen. I pray that God will speak to you. If he has not spoken yet, I'm believing that he will speak to you before you leave this premises. Amen. I believe in the anointing of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, are we ready to go? Praise the Lord. God will do something great in your life today. Amen. We started a series in a few, in, in what do you call it, past few weeks. And we just want to draw the curtains on today. Amen. And our main scripture is Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7 to 8, using the message translation. Now, most of the time before, when you are walking with God, there is something you have to know. And that is to say that he respect those who take regard in this word. That is why the Bible says he's a rewarder. The word reward means compensate. He compensates you for your effort. He bless you for your effort. That is why it says that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So anybody who pursue after God, get into your heart, your spirit, that there is a reward for you. That is a distinction between others who are running the race and those of us who are running the race in God. Amen. Praise God. I think I don't want to go in. Uh, last Tuesday, if you don't join, uh, you have to join the uh, Tuesday meetings. If you don't know how to get on, speak to one of the leadership. And I believe we ha you have to join the Tuesday discipleship class. Because there's so much we learn there. Amen. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, it said that don't be misled. No one make a fool of God. What a person plans, he will have us. The person who plans selfishness, ignoring the needs of others. Ignoring the need of others. Ignoring God. Have us a crop of weeds. Praise the Lord. All he will have us, all he will have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, have us a crop of real life, eternal life. Praise God. 
If you have not had the chance to listen to the first, uh, the part one, part two, part three, you must try and do so because this is a continuation, the part four, that will, that will conclude everything. Amen. I want you to understand that if you ignore the needs of others, you are just going to have something. Tell your neighbor, regardless, you will have something. Can I have the baby taking care of, please? Amen. Tell your neighbor, regardless, you will have something. Everybody seated here, you will have something. It said that when you ignore the needs of others, you will have something. But what you harvest is what? It's weeds. I don't want to harvest weeds. The danger of having weeds in your house is that you see that there is something occupying on your land. But yes, still you don't benefit. That is what weeds are. Hallelujah. And I told you that because of this text, it calls in for choices to be made. You need to make choices. And because there is a need to make choices, it presumes that there are alternatives, there are options. And therefore, it makes choice making very important. Praise the Lord. And today, I want to get another text I'll be using for the past four. Uh, for the part four from Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 23. I'll come there in a minute. So please, you must make choices. There is something your land is occupying. There is something occupying your land. You have to check what it is. It may look as if it is something profitable, but it's, they are weeds. I pray that you will not invest in weeds. Amen. I told you last week, last few weeks, I said that it is important to know that your life, you have to involve in choice making. You have to decide whether to come to church or not to come to church. You have to decide what you eat. You have to decide what you wear. You have to decide the, the makeup you put on, the tie you put on against the suit you wear or the shoe that matches the top you are wearing. Regardless of whatever you are doing, you will go with choices. Some of you could have ride bicycle here. You, choose, you chose to sit in the car and drive down here. Some of you decided to come at 4, uh, 11, 11 a.m. Some of you decided to come 11, 10. Well, regardless, it is a choice. And we, whatever choice we make, there is something waiting at the other side that will determine the kind of choice you made. Every choice has got an outcome. Praise the Lord. So he said that whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. I pray that you will reap the right things. I said you will rip the right things. I said to you, the first choice we make in our life is choosing the God you will serve. I gave you the three foundational choices we made. That becomes the foundation on which other choices that are godly and that are very rewarding can come into our lives. And I said the first choice you have to make is choosing the God you will serve. Whether you, you serve the God of this world or the God of all flesh. Number first, the first thing you, you choose is war. The God you serve. Number two, the next thing you choose is that you have to decide to follow God. And how do we follow God? We study his word to do all. 
to follow him. You have to make a choice to follow him. When you choose something, you follow it. When you are a believer and you choose to walk with God, this morning we learned about we learned about when you are walking with God and you don't understand the ways of God. Some of us find it so easy at the point where we don't understand God, we find it delightful to disobey God. The only option we have is to disobey who God, and that is not an option when you are following God. When Jesus met the disciples and they had an encounter with him and Peter went down on his knee recognizing the, the supernatural grace of God, the Bible said he went down and said, forgive me. And the Bible said that when that encounter happened, Jesus Christ said, follow me and I will make you. The making is in the hands of God and it is determined by how well we follow God. And I explained to you that the next thing you have to do is to follow God. How do I follow God? I follow God because God is a spirit. And if I'm going to follow God, I have to position my three being. That is, I have a soul, I have a, I'm a spirit in the, in a, with a soul in the body. And I have to position these three things called soul. That deals with, the, with your willingness. That deals with your choices. And it's very important you pursue God. Some people have had an encounter with God, but they are not following God. You fought people, uh, what do you call it? My brother David said, he said, I follow hard after thee, O God. You have to, following God is not something to be done cheaply. It is a determined decision one have to make. And there are so many distractions and disruptors. And you have to be able to avoid them and be focused in your life. I told you that the next thing one needs to achieve is that when you identify the God you are serving, you begin to follow him and by reading his word and studying his word and fasting and prayer. And I said to you, there are certain decisions you can never think until you are spiritual. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You must be spiritual. And I said the last thing is that when you study his word, it becomes a commandment to you. The word of God becomes what? A command. He said, Thy word has, have I eaten in my heart that I may not sin against you. He said, Your word is the lamp unto my feet. It is that if there is no light here, I don't enter. What does it mean? If God doesn't permit me, I don't enter there. Praise the Lord. And today, when you make these three foundational choices, I'm going to share with you three more choices that you need to make that are very vital. Amen. I say, Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 23. The Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou did eatest thereof, thou shalt surely all die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him an helpmate for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam called the name, 
and Adam gave names to every cattle of the and of the fowls of the air and every creep and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an earth made for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his rib and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from him for man made he a woman and brought her unto man. Unto the man. And Adam said, This is now the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Amen. Praise the Lord. So from this text, I'm going to pick three more. And I believe God will bless somebody here. Amen. Some of the choices we are making are not just conscious, but also the award in our subconscious. Our choices in life provide us with the strength and the energy we need to move in in the future. Praise the Lord. So the first, the next choice I'm going to state to you is picked from Genesis. As we have read, it is called the choice of what you feed on. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said in Genesis chapter 15, verse, uh, 15 to 17, chapter 2, 15 to 17, it said, And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of, uh, to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Everything in the garden you can eat it. But in the tree in the midst of the garden, I don't want you to eat it. And in life, you have to make a choice of what you feed on. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding on? Be with me now. Be with me now. We manifest what we eat in our life. What we eat determines the extent we will go in life because it is the source of our energy. So everything you feed on becomes the energy that you go through in life. That helps you to go through something in life. When you woke up this morning, if you are not eating, you will realize that your strength is a bit low. You have low energy in you. But immediately you eat, you begin to receive strength. I said the first one, the God, you choose the following you make of him and his commandments that his word provides for you. This becomes a foundation that determines the things that you eat, the things that you feed yourself with. Praise the Lord. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding on? Listen, if you don't make this choice, and somebody makes that choice, you would, it will determine how successful you become or how unsuccessful you become. So God wants you to choose. And there are options he has placed in front of you. And those options you have to remain and guide yourself with the things of God to determine the things you feed yourself with. How we look is greatly influenced by what we feed ourselves with. How we approach things in life is also influenced by the things we feed ourselves with. When you have fed yourself with the things of God, when you have fed yourself with the knowledge of, th- of the things that God has brought into your life, you will realize that you will go far in life than other people who have not fed themselves with those things. 
I like it when Revelation chapter 10 verse 9 to 11 said, so he said, I, so I went to the, I went to the angel and I asked him to give me a little scroll. That is John talking. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will, it will turn your stomach sour. But in your mouth, it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and I ate it. It tastes as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, praise the Lord. John is talking about an encounter he had. He said, I was given a scroll to do what? To eat. When I ate it in my mouth, it tasted sweet. When it entered my stomach, it became sour. When I ate it, look at what it says. Verse 11. Then I was told. I was told after I ate it. There are some things God is not telling you because you have not eaten some things. You have not eaten discipline. You have not eaten consistency. You have not eaten perseverance. You have not eaten. The Bible said that Daniel prayed and the prayer was withheld by the queen, by the queen of Persia. And the Bible said by persistence, there was reinforcement. Why? Because he engaged in something. The engagement of something that provides energy is called what you feed in yourself with. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding yourself with? The Bible said that after he ate it, the Bible said, then I was told, you must prophesy again about many people, nations and languages and kings. There are certain dimensions of God you can't enter until you eat certain things. What do you feed yourself with? Do you feed yourself with the junk on the internet? Do you feel, what are you feeding, what book are you reading to feed yourself for your future? There are certain possibilities that only comes after we feed ourselves with some things. In your life, when you pursue your education, you are feeding yourself with something that helps you to make certain decisions you wouldn't be able to make without that kind of knowledge. The doctors will be able to look at your physical body and be able to give you some recommendation. Why? Because they have learned some things that gives them energy to do what you have not learned. And that is why they take money from you after they attend to you. So what what are you feeding yourself with? These are things that will determine how far you go. The things you feed yourself with, I want you to consider them are the things that give you advantage over others without which you can't move forward in life. Praise the Lord. What book are you... These are not like follow... When when you are a Christian, it happens to you automatically. There are things you have to make a choice. Not to sleep, but to wake up and study. You can't be sleeping the whole day as if you are going for sleeping competition. The Bible said that Jesus Christ understood his mission. And there are times when the disciples will be sleeping. He invested. What are you investing on in your life? Praise the Lord. It is not because God doesn't like you. That is why you, are, you don't have certain things others have got. But because those people chose. They have chosen to all to feed themselves with something you are not feeding yourself with. In Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7, the Bible says, For as a man thinketh in his house, so is he. 
He said, eat and drink, said he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Feeding ourselves isn't just with food, but also knowledge. Praise the Lord. Which look, <laughs> which look, <laughs> uh, you, you must understand this. There are certain confrontations I have, conf- have, have been confronted with. But after I have entered into a dimension of acquiring knowledge to feed myself, I approached them with all vigorousness and I overcame them. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding yourself with? What you feed yourself with will determine whether you'll be in the garden or you'll be out of the garden. You have to make a choice. Say your neighbor, make a choice. Let me go through quickly. Our perspective in, about life is greatly influenced by what we feed ourselves with. The way you look at life is determined by what you feed yourself with. And sometimes there are certain challenges you go through, but because you lack the knowledge in them, it causes you to give up in the place you have to rise up. I like it when I saw in Genesis, uh, the Bible said that he said he had to make a choice of what he fed himself on. What are you feeding yourself with? If you sit down and you do nothing and invest not on the things that you feed yourself on, you will have nothing to show. What are you feeding yourself with? What are you feeding your children with? The extensity of your well-being is determined by how far and what you eat. Ask your neighbor, what are you? Make a choice to invest in yourself. Tell your neighbor, make a choice to feed yourself. Praise the Lord. So the next one you have to make is that you have to choose what you feed yourself with. If something you are eating is not good for you, you stop it. There are some of us, some people who don't take sugar. Because they know where they want to be and they know how they want to live their life. You can't just eat anything anyhow. You have to know where you are going. And that determines what you eat. I remember I was listening to Jason Bolt. And he, asked, he said, when you retire, what would, you, what, what would be the first thing you would love to do? He said, there are certain food I really want to eat. But I'm not able to eat them because of where I want to go. What are you feeding yourself with? What are you feeding yourself with? Choose to feed yourself with the right. If you realize that you, the outcomes of your life is not what you desire for, check and change what you do. What you feed yourself with. The Bible said Jesus Christ realized that he was becoming a, a, bit, a bit vulnerable to himself. He looked at the disciples, they were also shaking. And the Bible said he went in, the, in, the, in, in Gethsemane and he knelt down and prayed. After he fed himself with the spiritual things, he said, I'm ready to die. There are some things you are backing out of that you have to confront. But because you have not fed yourself with the right thing, you are backing out. And please, most of us want to produce the outcome of the things that produce people or bring people to the point where what they have fed themselves with is bringing them without eating what they have eaten. Like this lady playing the keyboard, you can't come and play the keyboard the way she's doing if you have not fed yourself with the skills that she's got. 
But sometimes we want to play the keyboard, but we don't want to acquire the skill. We don't want to feed ourselves with the right thing. And oftentimes, when it happens like that, it brings you into shame. It is not God doesn't like you, but you have to feed yourself with the right thing. Praise the Lord. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 19, the Bible said, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. This is powerful. And was so, listen to me, how oh, it's powerful, I love it. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Do you believe that? Do you see that? Whatever Adam called it, became that. The fifth choice you have to make is the name we call the things that comes our way. What do you call the things that comes your way? What do you call the things that comes your way? What you call determines your behavior. Let me, no, no, let me say it properly. What you call it determines its behavior. Does that make sense? What you call it determines the behavior it produces. When we call it a keyboard, we subject it to only sound. It can't cook. So the name you call something determines what it becomes, regardless of what it is. So if you call yourself, what do you call yourself? If you call yourself, I am nothing. I watch nothing. Nothing good will come my way. That is your name. It sees, even though you have much in you, you cease to produce anything good. Praise the Lord. I went through some challenges. I, re- I, I wrote one exam seven times. I refuse to call myself defeated. I studied so much and I failed. There were times I wrote the exam so much. I think on the sixth time, I wrote it and I was too much away from pass. I went for remarking and they gave me one more. They said, you are left with one mark. We will still fail you. What do you call? You went through something in your business and it didn't succeed. And you called yourself a failure. You went through something and you didn't succeed and you call yourself a disappointment. You go through some things in life and you give up and you give yourself a name. Why? And that is what, why you become what you are. The Bible said in Genesis 37 verse 19, it said, and as they said to one another, it said, behold, it said what? And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. They saw Joseph coming from afar and they said, hey, here come the dreamer. He's coming. And the Bible says he sees not to dream. The reason why Joseph was dreaming, they called him a dreamer and he kept on dreaming. What is a dream? A dream is something that provides you with your future before you actualize it. So it, a dream is something that takes you out of your present into a future beyond your present and you walk into it. So what the brothers of Joseph did, they restricted themselves to the place where they are and they gave room for Joseph to look beyond that situation. That is why he became a prime minister. What what have you allowed yourself to be called? Ask your neighbor. As long as they called him Joseph the dreamer, he never stopped dreaming. 
That is why for some time now I've become so much ferociously and 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 I've become so much seriously and I don't know the words to really characterize this that I hear people talking about the fact that they said those of us who come from that side Africa we have a time we call African time let me dwell on this for a few minutes don't don't you can't when they call us Africans or they, they characterize our attendance to things as African time it presupposes that we are subjecting ourselves that we always have to come late I am not subjected to that. When they call you by something and you accept it, you subject yourself to it. Praise the Lord. I have met many people in this country and they look at me, they say, you are different. Yes, I am different. You can call me, you can place me on the mark and stigmatize me that I come late. I am not a late comer. Don't call me with that, with that notation and connotation of African time. I will not be late for my blessing. I will be on time. The Bible said in John chapter 5. The Bible said that when the water was troubled, there was a season. And whosoever jumping first was made whole. I will not be late into my blessing. Immediately you accept it, you will become it. Your room gives you the ability. Let me go on. I am beyond the things that comes my way. Tell your neighbor, I am beyond the things that come my way. Oh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it said, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Listen today. So that what, we see, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So whatever I am going through cannot determine the extensity of my life. He said, though my beginning may be small, yet my latter shall be greater. I am not going to be small. Maybe I might be sick today. But the Bible said that he, by his stripes I am healed. I will not want to subject myself to the report of this world. What are you being called? What do you call the things that comes your way? Don't let your circumstances make you give yourself a name that is not right. I don't have but I, I, I believe I will have. That is why he said, let the weak say what? I am strong. When you say that, you become what? Strong. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, in Ruth chapter 1 verse 20, 20, the Bible said that Naomi came back, after you know the story, she came back and the Bible said, they started calling her names and praising her. That is why I cry, please don't be, don't be earthly minded, be spiritually minded. Please, maybe your beginning now doesn't look pleasant. But don't say that your situation will always remain that like this. Don't, the Bible said in Ruth chapter 20, the Bible says, don't call me Naomi. She told them, it said, call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life become what? Bitter. Who told you, Naomi? Naomi, who told you? For the fact that your husband is dead, and your children are dead, and your sister, your, your daughter-in-law is following you, it doesn't make your life bitter. 
If you know who you are in God, I think the problem is that we don't know who we are. I said to, I said to somebody, if I fail in this world, then I think that it is a proper fail. Because I had the God of all flesh on my side and I still fail. It's not possible. The Bible said, Naomi means pleasant one. It means above all, beautiful. She said, don't call me beautiful. He said, don't call me pleasant. Because my life is bitter. Look at what happened to Naomi. Naomi lost what? Two children. Lost the husband. She, she lost what? Two children. Look at what happened. In Ruth chapter 4 verse 13 to 15. It says, so Boaz took Ruth. And she became his wife. When he made love to her. The Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. Listen to this. The woman said to Naomi. Praise be to the Lord. Who this day has not left you without a a guardian. Redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life. And sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Now, she doesn't really understand this. It's mystery. She lost two children. But the blessing God gave to her with one child, it was like seven sons. Don't let your pain place a limitation on you. I'm limited by time. You have no idea. You can press me down, but down is not my place. He said, though the righteous may fall seven times, the ground is not his place. He said he will rise again. Why? Because that is not his place. If you know your place, nobody can displace you. Praise the Lord. Jesus was born in a manger. He did not allow the manger to limit him. Do you know the things in the manger? They are animals. But a man was born in a manger. Which means he was subjected to become an animal. All respect to animals anyway. But the Bible said, said, my greatness is beyond this place. I will rise up to the height of my life. I pray that the Lord will cause you to rise up to your height in the name of Jesus. Ah, my God. Let me just skip it. Uh, let me just skip it. I don't want you to see yourself that you are poor. Tell your neighbor you are not poor. Huh? Uh, I choose not to be poor. Poverty is a state of mind. And when you live in that state of mind, those who are poor, they don't give. Those who are poor, they don't show kindness. But if you know you are not poor, you show kindness. Regardless of the limitation the devil plays in your life, you are not poor because poverty is a state of mind. Praise the Lord. You, you have to choose to call the things that comes to your life the way you want them to be. Let me just jump. I have to finish this one. The last thing you have to do in Genesis, the Bible said what? Number six, the choice you have to make. Choose who you welcome into your life. The choice of who you allow into your world. Praise the Lord. 
The other point is that you have to what? You have to choose. You have to name it right. Tell your neighbor. The previous point is what? Name it right. Do you remember the story when the Israelites went to fight? The Amalekites in the Bible said when they got there, they saw the giant on the land and said, we cannot possess this land because we saw ourselves as grasshoppers and so did they also see us. Ah. You don't know who you are. That is why God knew that. He said, one of the things I have to protect about Jesus, for me to place him in the position of possibility, is for me to give him a name that is above every name. Names are very important. The sixth point is that, choose what you welcome into your life. The Bible said, and the Lord caused the man to fall asleep. In the verse number 22 of the chapter 2, the Bible said, then God made the, a woman from the rib." And he made him come out of a man. And the Bible said, Adam welcome Eve into his life. What do you welcome in your life? Praise the Lord. You have to choose to welcome people into your life who will add on to your life, who will, who will bring multiplicity in your life. There are two people you have to avoid. I'm a man's teacher. We have the addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. This is for everybody. Don't befriend and associate. Welcome those who take away. Don't invite them in your life. They will take away. Don't involve those who will divide. They are killers. There are two people you need to have in your life. Those who add and multiply. I thought you clapped there. How did I find out? The Bible said, Adam, I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to multiply it. If you don't multiply what I have, I move you away from me. Make sure, <laughs> tell your neighbor, make sure you are a proper number. Tell your neighbor, make sure you are a number. There are two numbers. I want to walk in the multiplicity way. In the multiplying world. But please make sure you are not zero. If you come into my life, make sure you are not zero. Two numbers I don't like. Zero and one. If you multiply thousand by thousand, it becomes what? Thousand. I don't want you in my life. I need more than one. If you are a number between zero and under two, don't come close to me. Zero times hundred is what? Zero. Ask your neighbor, which number are you? The Bible said, well, the Bible said he chose to welcome Adam if into his, her, his, his life. Now, what I will end it with. The Bible, when you are, you have to fight to welcome people in your life. To finish it. The Bible said there was a woman. The Shunammite woman. She saw Elijah. He said, this man, I have to have you in my life. I have to welcome you in my life because I know you carry the anointing to break barrenness. He said, how will I bring you into my life? The Bible says she prepared food for this prophet. And the Bible said, they said, the food is not giving me the attention I need. And the Bible said, the woman spoke to the husband and they made a room for the prophet of God. When the prophet ate and got somewhere to sleep, the Bible said, he said, what, is, what can I do for you, woman? 
And the Bible says that he realized that the man, the woman needed a baby. Your baby, you are barren to your next level because of the wrong people you welcome in your life. There is something you call barrenness. But when you welcome the right people in your life, you will realize that you are fruitful than your thoughts. And sometimes you have to fight to welcome them. The woman spent money to retain and to welcome the prophet in, in her life. What are you fighting for? Somebody said, if it doesn't come my way, I don't, if, it, if, if I don't get it cheaply, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't accept it. I don't welcome it. We fight. Praise the Lord. And today, I don't know what you are welcoming in your life. But today, every barrenness in your life, you encounter what will open door for you. The last point, then I'm done. The Bible said that Elijah has been promised. Let me go with it. Abraham has been promised Isaac. He's waiting for Isaac. Isaac was not coming. But the Bible said he saw strangers coming from afar. And he welcomed them under his tent. And the Bible said Isaac was born. Why? Because he welcomed the right people. I pray into your life today that you welcome the right people in your way. I'll pray into your life that you associate with the right people. I pray into your life that you will feed yourself with the right things. I pray into your life that you will not call what things, what is not right in your life. But you will call the things according as God called them. In the name of Jesus. May your life become a testimony. I pray that whatever you have sown, may you reap greatly. I pray that you lack nothing good in your life. And I pray that greatness shall be your portion. All the days of your life in the name of Jesus. You will not harvest weeds anymore. You will harvest greatness. In Jesus mighty name. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. I want you to stand on your feet. Next week we may pray a bit. Shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love.